0: Oh, i'm michael
1: and i'm steph
0: and this is the chef campers podcast join us for the next 60 minutes as we discuss camper van cooking adventures hola steph
1: hola mike
0: how are we doing
1: good thank you how are you
0: i'm all right i'm all right it's been a busy week Hasn't it? It
1: has. It's,
0: but we've just had bank holiday weekend. It's now was it Tuesday or what is Wednesday?
1: It's Wednesday.
0: We're a bit later on the podcast this week. It's been a busy old time, hasn't it?
1: It's been busy.
0: What podcast is this? I think this is. We did our pilot. Then Number we did
1: before, I think.
0: Yeah, we did Bordeaux. Then we did. Where did we go after Bordeaux? We Catalonia. went to Catalonia. Last week was Alicante. So now we're going what to and. S- S- southern spain southern spain under la Fia. yeah um yeah fifth podcast in total fourth proper podcast of this series um let's just talk a little bit about what we've been getting up to this week because I, I i hate I, I need to explain why we're a little bit late on this one it's been busy really busy so we've had, uh, we've been back down in Sussex, I think we mentioned that last week, we're working with Jared and Louise at Campervan Culture, which is amazing, it's good fun. Um, we kind of look after people who want to go on travel adventures and stuff, so it's right up our street, it's really great. Um, but we've also had the bank holiday, haven't we Steph?
1: Yep, and we went back to the, up north, north of the wall.
0: North of the wall? Didn't we? North of the wall? Yeah. So that's Hadrian's Wall, isn't it?
1: No, I was in Game of
0: Thrones, north of the wall. North of the wall, okay. Which is well like, northwest near Chester yeah. and Ellesmereport, that area. Um, so the reason why we went back at the weekend was because we've, since we've come back to the UK, we were quite keen to make something happen. So for those of you who follow us on Facebook or Instagram, check it out if you don't um we were in the alps for the winter and because we were there before the 31st of december the brexit deadline we had the opportunity to apply to stay in france and get a five-year temporary residency permit type thing um and we were torn weren't we about that
1: yeah
0: i love france
1: we do like france i
0: love working in france i love being a chef in france
1: we love the cheese
0: and we did, we had cheese tonight. Yeah. And last night. We had the leftover on wheel that we found at the yeah. bottom of our fridge yesterday when we cleared it out. And it needed to be eaten this week, so we um
1: So we had a French meal,
0: Tarteflette. Tarteflet. We smashed the loader in a tart flat and we've had it two days yeah. on the bounce in the Omnia oven. And and we a had bit,
1: double um, double portions, double dinner. Oh,
0: double dinner, double tart flat. That probably yeah. explains why we're feeling tired. <laughs> um anyway that aside, yeah. we were back in kind of the that area, North Wales and Chester. And we were when we decided we were coming back to the UK, we came we agreed to come back to the UK on the condition that we would make sure we make the most of it. So what we didn't want to do was just come back the Oh, Rupert's jumping on the top bunk. Hang on, sorry. Go on then, up you go. You sit up there and fall asleep. It's really that interesting, is it? Um We're too we're too noisy for we're him. We're too noisy for him. Look at wear him off then it was. So we, we wanted to make sure it was worthwhile coming back to the UK. We didn't want to just come back and cruise uh, in normal jobs whilst we save up for our next adventure. We wanted to make the most of it. If we were going to give up the opportunity to be in France full-time and start our adventures from there, we needed to make sure there was something worthwhile. So we've, uh, we have found a spot for our HQ, Steph. Yeah,
1: <laughs> a great spot.
0: Yeah, I thought I'd just I'll spend like one minute explaining what the HQ is because I'm conscious it's it's still very early days and we don't we, we need to work on it. But basically, what we wanted to do was create a place that me and Steph could almost use as our base for adventures. So it's going to be the base where we keep some of our winter gear, our summer gear, interseason gear, rather than trying to carry it all at the same time. But more importantly than that, it's going to be for chef campers. So it's going to be about creating more content more cookery uh, videos hopefully we're going to be hosting banquets we're going to be hosting little events uh, woodland experience days and all that sort of stuff but i'm keen for there to be something for everyone so um you know some people appreciate the woodland um more than the food and some people appreciate yeah. the food more than the woodland and there's going to be events for both people um both types of people so that should be good
1: yeah exciting
0: is there anything else to mention about it? We're, we're going to be in the forest. Uh, we're going to be completely off-grid, hopefully. So maybe our kitchen's going to be served by a completely off-grid approach. But we'll see how that gets on. Yeah,
1: need to do some research on that.
0: We hope to have it up and running by the summer. But that's an uphill struggle. But I'm, we're going to try our best. We are still going to be carrying out work for as chef campers for Camper Van Culture. So we're going to be splitting our time between sussex and north wales and that's you know for the seeable future that's going to happen and we are also still 100 percent committed to making big adventures happen yeah we'll so still be traveling we still want to see the world in our in our camper van and that's that's the reason why we're setting this up because we can then plan our adventures um and set off from there i guess and then when we come back from these new places we can uh we can talk about what we discovered, what we found, and put a menu around it. We yeah. might go to Turkey in the Van and come back and host a few Turkish nights at the HQ. That sort of stuff. So, really exciting. It's been stressful. It's been. I've, we haven't slept much, have no. we? Because uh, every well, night we're working. Busy. We're working full-time jobs like everyone else. And then we're working yeah. the business as well, which is uh, another full-time job. So, we're we're feeling it. But it's working. Yeah. Nothing good comes from... No work does it, you know, you've got to put in the work to, to get it. Anyway, right, enough of that. Let's um let's do some facts about Andalucia. So uh go on Steph, hit us off with something.
1: Okay, so I know that olive oil is one of your favourite things. It is. <laughs> so it is the biggest producer of olive oil in the world. That's
0: so just... that's 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 quite a bold statement. Yeah. What does the biggest producer look like?
1: It produces one point five tons annually.
0: One point five tonnes. that's not much, Steph. That's one and a half Amarox. <laughs> Do you mean one point five million tons? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna say, yeah well that's you know, <laughs> I reckon I reckon we can seize that market, <laughs> Steph. I reckon we can get a couple yeah. of acres and we can take over that market. We could double it overnight. Yeah. Uh yeah, one point five million tons. Do you know what that is? That's 1.5 million trips in the Amarok with a tub full. I like to think of yeah. things as a, a tub of Amarok now. That's how I measure stuff. How would you like your tartar flat? By the <laughs> tub of Amarok, please. That's what it feels like. Uh, anything else?
1: Well, it's also the the birthplace of tapas.
0: Ah, I know this. Yeah. Well, I think I think you do, and like most people in this world. Everything is based on storytelling, but this one's quite a good one. Back in the thirteenth, uh, back uh, a long time ago, not the thirteenth century. <laughs> Alonzo the Thirteenth, he was a king yeah. down in Spain. He was waltzing around on his little jollies, pulls into a tavern like we all do to have a little bevy. He has a gla- He orders a glass of wine. Waiter comes out with a slice of ham on the top of his wine, and he's like, "What on earth is this for?" And the waiter says, "To so stop the dust from getting in your your wine." And the uh, the king eats. I wouldn't have eaten the ham if if it was there for that. I wouldn't yeah. have eaten the ham. But he ate the ham and thought, "Oh, this is nice. Mm. Slice of ham with my glass of wine. This should be a thing." I declare that everybody should have tapas with their drinks. And so it began. And tapas is a is another word for lid, I believe. It kind of means lid or some something like that. I don't know. I'm sure there's a couple of historians yeah. who listen to this. So. Brett or John, if you're listening, maybe correct us, I don't know. Do you um, think
1: his um, glass would have tasted all hammy?
0: Hammy. <laughs> um, I guess
1: if he had the ham anyway.
0: Do you know what? I've, I, don't, I don't think it was the first tavern he pulled into. I reckon he was on a pub crawl across Spain. And I reckon it got to the end of the night, or the end of the day. He swings in, he's like, ah, give us another glass of wine, will you? And because he's the uh, king, he just gets mm-hmm. given it. And, the, and 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 his 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 waiter or whatever was like oh god we need him to sober up best put a bit of ham yeah, in with yeah. that and it was like the equivalent to a doner kebab maybe <laughs> so basically the king gets a doner kebab at the end of the night and reckons and that, that everyone did. should have done yeah. kebab with every drink that's so it's completely ruined a, that story <laughs> it'd be it's good if a it good point. yeah it'd be good if it went on like that though wouldn't it if we if we changed the Chinese Ch- Chinese whispered the tale. To pass on to the next generation of lies. <laughs> hmm.
1: Well, in in our generation, our society, yeah. it is the Kebab, isn't it? So well, we've changed it yeah, to I'm the not, Kebab.
0: I'm not keen on them. Um I am on some and I'm gonna find the perfect one in Turkey, I think, when we go there, but we'll we'll see. Um let's talk about the weather.
1: Yeah, so it can reach in the forties in the summer.
0: That's hot. Yeah. I've I've read that it hit forty seven point five. That's a bit hot, isn't that's, it? That's, too hot, really, that's, for us. That's too hot. That's 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 ridiculous. Yeah. It's a dry heat though, so it's not so humid. Yeah. It's not like the you know, it's not like a UK heat. It's a it's a dry heat, like a desert heat. So it's more tolerable, but God, that's hot. But in winter, it can it can. We were there in October, November.
1: Yeah, that's right. Because we were in Portugal for December.
0: Yeah. So, it was quite chilly, I remember. It was about 6 degrees at night, 4 degrees at night. And I believe they can get snow in the winter. So, yeah, an interesting place. So, in terms of weather, you've got really hot summers and potentially quite chilly winters. And that's because of mountain life, I guess. It's it's home to the Sierra Nevada Mountain Resorts, uh, which are ski resorts. Europe's most southern ski resort, actually. So yeah. that's probably explains its its temperature, its its altitude. Uh, it's high up, so in the summer you're close to the sun, it's hot. And in didn't the winter,
1: we go to a ski resort. Well, there was a ski resort in Portugal, so is that not
0: more? No, because so... the ski resort in Portugal is in the Serra de Estrela region, which is the West northern north. part okay. of Portugal, which is more north than Andalusia yeah. Spain. But good point. Yeah. There's a ski resort in Portugal, yeah. which we'll talk about next week or the week after. Um. Yeah. Right, well let's let's kick start. So what? Andalucia. Why would you go Campervan Cooking Adventures? Why would you go there? Well, first of all, we just touched on it briefly then. It's the Sierra Nevada mountain region of Spain. And that means you are going to be blessed with one of the best sunsets I've witnessed on the road, I think. I don't know if you remember we we do. I do mm, remember sunset. We found this air at the yep. top of the mountain which we drove up to. And it was it was sunny in the daytime and it was feeling hot through the cab. The glass was warming up the, the Westie. And as we drove up, there was a big open car park and we pulled up and I think I was in a T-shirt and jeans with my sunglasses on, sitting outside and um, feeling, oh, this is nice and warm. But just in the shaded areas on the north-facing areas...
1: There was snow.
0: There was snow. So you know what I did, Steph? What?
1: Put on your jumper?
0: No, I didn't put my jumper on. I put on my my beer my beer coat. Oh. I, I put my beers in the snow because <laughs> it's safe putting it in the fridge. Yeah. It's outdoors already. I can help myself and um, yeah, help. Ref- so that was kind of how cold it was. There was snow still in the northern patches in the shaded areas, and there was um, there was sun where I was sitting out in the chairs, which was it was nice. And Rupert's growling because he can hear a dog being walked nearby. So if it, if he kicks off, we'll just pull it. Yeah. But I rem- I remember that place, parking up at that place, and I remember sitting there in my deck chair with my little... I looked like a right old Brit, I think. I was sitting there in my chair and I was supping the beer and this family pulled up because it was a bit of a destination that people pulled up to because there was a bit of a viewing point and they all got out with big, like, padded ski jackets on, woolly hats, mm-hmm. gloves, scarves, and there I am in a T-shirt yeah. with sunglasses on sipping a beer. And I I I just, I just, I found it quite strange, <laughs> but I remember we walked up to the viewing point for the sunset and yeah. it got quite busy around sunset, didn't it? There was a lot of cars there. I remember, yeah. And the sun was just setting kind of over the mountains and we were at one of the highest points, viewing points, I think, in that region. And... I always remember being at the top of the mountain and looking down and the clouds were rolling beneath us over the mountains. So it kind of looked like we were above the clouds watching the sun go down. And it was the clouds were just sweeping over the mountains. It was
1: very beautiful. Yeah, we've been quite lucky with our
0: sunsets. We've seen seen so many sunsets and so many sunrises, but that was a that was a highlight for me, I think. And I remember the moment that sun kind of dipped, it got incredibly cold very, very fast. Yeah. And it was the first time we had to leave our Propex heater on overnight, which yes, is safe to is. do so. It's vented. Yeah. But we had to depend on our heating because it I think it dropped to like minus three that night. Which, you know. I remember
1: it being very windy.
0: Yeah, it was very, very windy. We couldn't put our pop-top roof up and we had the heater on and we just had to stay indoors. Who would have thought? Yeah. A couple of years later, we would have done that for five months at minus ten, minus twenty. <laughs> but you know, that's how well, that's how it goes. Um, so yeah, that that for me is a key memory of that region, the the mountainous region.
1: Yeah, maybe that was the start of our love for the mountains.
0: Possibly, it's a the Sierra. The Sierra. I touched on it before. The Sierra Nevada Mountains are uh, it's a big ski resort in Spain, and. Because of its altitude and where it is, it, it means you can kind of be skiing in the morning, in the snow, with a T-shirt on, if the sun's out. You can drive down at lunch and be on the beach, sunbathing in the afternoon. It's that sort of place. So maybe as a winter destination in a camper van, you could kind of have a ski holiday, but then the frost, yeah. <laughs> the frost at the end of it, which is what we think would be great, because after four or five days of snow... You need a bit of warmth. Yeah, then obviously wears off unless you've got a hot shower that you can stand under for ten minutes, which we we've got a shower. But if you stood under it for ten minutes, I wouldn't be happy because there'd be no water left for me, I don't think. But <laughs> yeah, that's uh it's that's a that's the sort of place it is. But I think there's a bit more to it than that. It was the first part of Europe we've been to that had a huge kind of Arabic influence.
1: Yeah. From the Moors. Yeah. The Moorish.
0: Moorish reign. It was like 700 years or something. Again, historians will correct yeah. us. <coughs> I wrote this down, 711 to 1492, just before Christopher Columbus set off to to Spain. Uh, to the well, South Americas from Spain, I think. Um, so it's got this Arabic influence from a Muslim uh, reign and there's mosques and stuff like that. And... It's a place in Europe that you'll drive to, and it, you you get a sense of that. And there's not that many places in Europe where you can get that, unless you go to Morocco or you go uh, that which isn't in Europe, but you know close to it, or you know go out of Europe into Turkey or somewhere like that. It's a it's a place that you'll get a quick ex a quick change of culture in fifty miles. Um, you know, traveling from Alicante to Granada yeah, was it's a big, big difference, isn't yeah. it? yeah, and. With that comes something that excites me, which is the huge, vast variety of spices, because it was a trade port for Africa and other nations. So, you're walking around Granada as a city, and we stay. We must have, we stayed there for about a week, maybe. I think so. Which is unusual because we've spoken previously on this podcast about not spending too too much time in it cities. It was
1: quite interesting, though. I quite I quite like that city.
0: Yeah, it felt really safe to park up as well. Yeah, we had we found a good parking spot that wasn't a, a camp spot. I think it was near the university. Yeah. And we were able to walk into the old town from the university, and it just felt so safe. So
1: cool to explore. Yeah. we Left the van and we explored.
0: Yeah, and um, the city itself—it's got that huge inf- Arabic influence.
1: Yeah, on in the streets, on the tiles, and the small like alleyways.
0: Isn't it like Spice Alley or something like that there? Oh, I'm not sure. It's definitely. Yeah. yeah. I was making a joke. It's like you know, it's kind of Silk Road and something like yeah. that, and there's a. All sorts of stuff that come with that. But it was, I think there was like Spice Alley and there was this tiny little kind of, these little passages and you really got a sense of like... Like the
1: the markets. What do they call them? Souk? No?
0: I don't know. Do you know what, do you know who I felt like walking around? Who? Aladdin. (sighs) I did. I was walking around the little corners, little back roads and I felt like I could... Be chased and through these market stalls and yeah. stuff like that. You know there was probably a guy with a snake somewhere, charming him. <laughs> it was uh, it was great. And there was this spice shop that I remember going into, and there must have been at least three hundred loose spices that you could just take a little spoon or a shovel and fill up a bag and get it weighed.
1: And did you buy any spices? You bought something, didn't you?
0: I did. So I it was one remember? of those. Yeah, we were walking around with Rupert and. Um, you had to wait outside and I yeah. think I made you wait way too long because I went in the shop and got way too excited uh there was tons and and there was uh two ladies in there and a guy and they were really they could sense how excited I was and they were excited for it and and they were just getting me to try things and I was coming up with different combinations and mixing stuff making my own spices which I loved I'm gonna do that one day I'm gonna have my own spice range I think just mixing stuff up um So I did and I came out with this concoction that I made and I marinated a whole chicken with it. I put it on a rotisserie. We had a campfire. I remember. And I I, I put some potatoes uh, thinly sliced in some mess tins and and put them under the chicken and the chicken fat was kind of dripping onto the potatoes Mm -hmm. that were baking and roasting. Did some calcots, those jumbo spring onions with it and we just had this succulent marinated roast chicken on a rotisserie it was awesome so simple as well like a really simple dish that anyone could do but really rewarding and it just i think it tasted better because i you
1: did
0: it outside i did it outside with wood but but just the spice mix i think was brilliant yeah it really i was really i was really enjoying it it was great so yeah that's so it's got that influence hasn't it it's it's those all those spices arabic Mm. spices that you can pick up Um, All the lovely
1: colours of the spices and the smells.
0: And there's lots of like Arabic things, isn't there? Yeah. There's cushions. My mum would love it there. Yeah. Mum would love it. There's curtains, cushions, lanterns, all sorts of stuff. Yeah, and the clothes. Lots of colour, lots of clothes. It was good.
1: Yeah. Did you buy
0: a bum bag there, Steph? No, I
1: don't think I did.
0: You still had your elephant one from last week? Yeah. Yeah. I've got a surprise coming for you soon. I'll keep you posted. Um,
1: I think I know what it is.
0: Do you? But I won't ruin it. All right. Um, yeah, so it's kind of got that moorish Rain, which like influences the, the city of Granada, and it's well worth a visit, isn't it?
1: Yeah, I'd quite like to go back, actually.
0: I felt very chilled and relaxed there. Yeah. It was great. There's also one of Spain's biggest tourist attractions just outside of Granada, the Alhambra mm. Palace. Palace. Yeah. Now, this is a huge... Enormous palace built on the mountains. It's got an Arabic look to it. It looks fantastic. It's kind of like orange, isn't it? And I think it's one of the world's greatest wonders, man-made yeah. world wonders, or something like that. um We only saw it from the outside, didn't we? Yeah,
1: we didn't go in.
0: Dogs aren't allowed, no. which is again one of those things that we've spoke about when you're traveling with a dog. You might find it tricky at times because a lot of places, particularly in Spain, don't allow dogs.
1: And we also we didn't want to leave Rupert in the van because of the heat. Yeah, so, it was
0: too sunny to leave Rupert in the van, and there's yeah. there's break-ins as well. I hate to say it, but there are break-ins at the at the car park because it's such a big tour. It's, there's about three million people a year that visit this place, and you get given an allocated time slot to go in and walk around the city, the walled city. Um,
1: if we go again,
0: yeah, we we might we, visit. Yeah, but do you know what? We walked around the outside. We got a feel for it. Yeah. It's apparently, this is another interesting fact, apparently it's one big sundial.
1: Oh,
0: is it? Yeah, if you walk around the city, um, all the buildings are designed in a way that when... Uh, you can tell the time quite accurately by walking around. And at midday, half it's in sun, half Ooh, it's in shade. Right on the dot. Yeah. Anyway, we may or may not find out. Who knows? Who knows? There's also quite a lot of animals.
1: Yeah. In the, um, we were talking about Sierra Nevada, the mountains. Do you remember the mountain goats, the Ibex?
0: I do. Do you know what, I, I carried a really big zoom-in lens with a digital SLR. I think it was a 200mm lens. Um, and zoomed right in and got some footage yeah. of them. The Ibex goats.
1: Yeah, I was a bit obsessed with trying to spot them.
0: I was hoping they'd come down and join us.
1: But they wouldn't, <laughs> would they? They like to keep
0: their distance. They do. They do. Quite fascinating to watch, though, how they ran up and down the hills. Yeah. You know, it was really steep mountains, wasn't it? How they yeah. were climbing. Um, There was eagles as well. Eagles, yep.
1: Eagles circling. Uh, so, uh, around the cliffs. Circling us and, in, the
0: air, yeah. in the air. I remember thinking, oh, I hope they don't go for Rupert. <laughs> we? we were quite precious, weren't we? Yeah. They're really big eagles, though. Huge. But do you know what? Rupert doesn't need to be worried about those eagles, does he?
1: Be as worried about a seagull. No. Yeah, there's been seagulls known to kill small dogs.
0: Oh, Rupert would win a seagull. <laughs> anyway, I was anyway. going to say, it's the wolves you should be scared of. Because yeah. there are wolves yes, in the Sierra true. Nevada mountains. And, yeah. um, we all didn't
1: see any in, in any the wild. wild.
0: No. You went to a wolf sanctuary, yeah. though.
1: I went to the Lobo Park, which is a sanctuary where they study the behaviour of wolves. But they... um. The public are allowed, but they kind of keep the distance. And that was really interesting, just to see all the different wolves. You didn't go, though, did you? I you didn't, you didn't, I didn't go. go.
0: I supervised Rupert in the van. I remember sitting in the van <laughs> and Rupert saw a wolf behind the fence and he barked. And I remember saying to him, I wouldn't do that, mate. <laughs> I would not do that. And then he heard ha- he w- heard the wolves howling. And then he looked at me and he was like, Oh, oh am I gonna <laughs> die? And I was like, Yeah, you be you be quiet, mate. You're
1: gonna be breakfast. Yeah. Don't, go in there.
0: don't be mouthing off to those. Yeah. You'll be you'll be breakfast at lunch and dinner for all of them. Yeah, so there's wolves there, so there's like some there's some interesting nature uh some interesting nature and animals up here, uh, down there in this Sierra Nevada mountains. Yeah. So that's quite interesting, you know, if you've got kids and stuff like that and you want to visit the animal places, yeah. you'll get really interesting animals that are in their natural habitat as well. You know, not shipped in on a on a boat for you to put a camera oh. in its face or whatever. Um, there was quite there was quite a lot of interesting stuff in general. There was a place with mm, rocks, El Torcal yeah. or something. El
1: Torcal and Antira. So the the place is Kira um yeah i don't even i think we actually researched that that's how we came across it and it was these like amazing rock formations wasn't it like limestoney, strange rocks
0: they looked like
1: but it was so cool
0: massive dinosaur eggs <laughs> but granite they were huge they were bigger than the van and I remember just driving like
1: statues. It was strange. Wasn't it didn't it? look real. Yeah,
0: it looked like we were on a set of Jurassic yeah. Park. That's yeah. that's that's where the dinosaur things. I remember, yeah. I remember driving up the hill and going. It felt like we were in Jurassic yeah. Park. And do you know what? That's for Lee because my friend, my good friend Lee, I've spoken about him a bit, but he's a Jurassic Park. Oh yeah, super, super fan. Fun. It's so much to the fact he's got Jurassic Park bones all round his house. <laughs> he's got signed autographs. Yeah. He's got a massive poster. So Lee, if you're listening, get get your Jeep yeah. and put a Jurassic Park sticker on the side and get yourself driving up there, and we could we could recreate it. We could refilm yeah. it, and maybe Rupert could star in a Jurassic Park.
1: Rupert could have a little
0: dinosaur costume on. Yep. Yeah. I could be the man on the toilet. <laughs> <laughs>
1: yeah.
0: That would be me, wouldn't it? Getting caught out. <laughs> Um, yeah, yeah, that was that was really nice, but it it, it was really misty and foggy. Yeah. There, was, yeah. there was when we
1: went up there, we kept driving all the way to the top, and the weather was terrible.
0: Yeah, and but there was an observation tower up there, yeah. so if you could get to that place on a clear day, oh, yeah. I reckon it'd be amazing.
1: Yeah, I definitely recommend.
0: We that. we stayed up there at the top as in well, the visitor center car park. It was, it was safe. It was good. It was yeah. nice. We're hoping the weather would clear because the forecast was looking like it was going to clear, but it it didn't. It got better, but it didn't clear enough for us to enjoy the views. But that's the place that we... I'll
1: definitely go back to that. We'll go
0: back there. I think we'll do a little ski trip.
1: Yeah.
0: And then go and look at the mountains. Maybe on the way to Morocco. Yeah. One time. That would be good, wouldn't it? Um, And then I remember... um, I think I put up a video or something like that, or I was putting up a cooking picture, and my mate Buncey goes, oh, that looks nice. That looks like fun. Oh, yeah. And I just casually said to him, get yourself out of here, mate. And then uh, he messaged me about, I don't know, I can't remember. Buncey can, as we should have got him on, he would have corrected me. Um, he, I think he messaged me back like 10 minutes later. He said, what's your nearest airport? So I gave him one. And he's like, right, flight booked. And in the space in the in the space of thirty minutes, we putting up a picture of what we were doing and what we were cooking. He would booked a flight to come out, he and did. Uh, his flight uh, he got quite a good deal, but it kind of limited him to like twenty four hours with us. <laughs> and I had about a day or two days to get ready to to pick him up. So we went out and we went food shopping. I went and got a few a few interesting things and got a, some beers in and some wine in. And we scouted out a place that we thought we could stop over the night, and then we went and picked him up from the airport. Uh, Later at night, we he jumped in the back, got to our first place. It was already dark, so it wasn't the, the time or place to do anything. And we just had a, some tapas in the back of the van, I think, and had a little drink and catch up. Um, uh, Bunsy always tells us about this story where me and you were trying to put a duvet. Oh yeah. We had, we bought um we bought a
1: <laughs> the cloud.
0: Rather than him bring all the gigs, it was hand luggage, yeah. we, we got a, a big double duvet, because I think we wanted to get one anyway, a thicker one, a warmer one. It was
1: probably after being in the mountain range Yeah. it was cold.
0: And it was, it's a small double in the Westie, and I think this was a king-size duvet. Yeah. And it was super thick. We called it, yeah, we, like, the cloud. It was the
1: cloud. It was just huge.
0: Ugly. So picture trying to put a duvet cover <laughs> on it, a, a king-size duvet that's super thick, in a Westie with three adults, after you've had a few drinks.
1: We were in the
0: pop-top doing it, weren't we? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, In in the pop-top, yeah. 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 So he always says uh, he could just hear us laughing about it. And he says that's why we get on well together, because that's the sort of thing that would stress couples out. And we we reveled in our inability to do it. We thought it was funny. Um, Yeah, but then the next... This is where it gets exciting. So the next morning, um, we drove to the place that we'd scouted out. And... It was again a bit of a peninsula, which was kind of surrounded by water, and at the end of the kind of the water, there were these hills, rolling hills. They weren't mountains; they were kind of in between a mountain and a hill. Is there a word for that?
1: I don't know.
0: No, it was kind of like a a Hilton. <laughs> oh, a, a Hilton. <laughs> I like that. Yeah, there were cropper Hiltons on the on the vista, and <laughs> uh, <laughs> and. Um, yeah, it was really pretty. it was it was gorgeous. It was it was nice colours. It was green mountains. It was like the blue lake. It was kind of yeah, red lovely, rocks, red dusty rocks. So we had all these different colours, and um, I set up kind of like my tripod, a Sardo cross yeah. tripod, which is a astonishing cast iron device. Which I'll be using. I'll be using this lots at the HQ. Um, I had it made locally in Sussex, actually, from a blacksmith down here, um, and. I went about cooking a bit of a feast for Buncey because he came over and we just sat around the fire the whole day.
1: Yeah, we ate and we drank.
0: We ate and we Took drank. in the view. I think it was about eight courses or was, six or eight yeah. courses. We were kind of charring tomatoes that went into a tomato sauce that I think maybe I baked some fish in. We, did some, we marinated some steaks that we cooked dirty on the charcoal. We had some peppers that were chard and i, I there was There's all sorts so of much, stuff wasn't there
1: so I can't,
0: much. I can't remember what went on that menu i was there was quite there was
1: so much like vegetables and meat
0: and there was prawns and a bit and of everything there was seafood dishes and
1: it just kept coming
0: yeah it's a sort it's it's one of those memories that i just remember yeah. the conversations and the company and the enjoyment more than the food on that occasion even though the food was great it was incredible and Bunty remembers the food, you know, as much as the conversation because, you know, it was such a big so maybe thing. maybe
1: our conversation wasn't that great. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> and um, it's something we talk about now still. Yeah, we because do. Because it's, it's a key thing, you know, a key amazing time for him and for us because he came out for 24 hours and we just squeezed this we insane could. tasting menu in experience on the lake yeah. with the mountains into that time frame we squeezed every bit of fun out of it and um it ca- yeah it was great and it's kind of what I want to do at the HQ yeah. I want people to be able to come in spend a day round the fire and then enjoy enjoy that and um yeah make some memories yeah. it's good it's really it was really good anyway we had to um drop buntsy off at the airport to we the next day yeah and um i think buntsy got to enjoy what we thoroughly know as poo with a view. <laughs> we had um a portable toilet at this point. And uh you know, there's three of us in a little van and we can either close all the curtains and go inside the van or you can go around the side of the van, enjoy the view sure. and in enjoy a moment to yourself and which he did and I think he thoroughly yes, enjoyed yes. it.
1: Poo with
0: a view. And I've I've had plenty of those that I've enjoyed. <laughs> don't know how appropriate that it was great it's great it's one of the good parts about being on the road um we could do our top 10 we could do our top 10 poo -poo of a view um i I think it would just get carried away anyway it was good i don't
1: know what number one would be i know but i know know. what number two
0: would be oh steph oh god the
1: comedian
0: i live with are you writing these down honestly
1: straight from the brain
0: i'm thinking at the hq you know, before we serve dinner, maybe you should could do, I do a, a comedy act. I think you could do like a a twelve second slot. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well done, sir. I think you need to anyway. start. I think it's just like an Instagram page. Yeah. Be jokes. Um, yeah, it was good. It, it was it was good. So wait, anyway, we dropped him off at the airport, and um. It's always a bit of a downer after someone goes because it's kind of like oh well oh, it would have been fun if we could have
1: spent lot more, more time. time
0: and but you're also quite tired because you've enjoyed yourself yeah. and you know yeah, it's it's a little bit it's not as comfortable with more people in the van um but you kind of wish you had more time and so we always have a bit of a, I don't know we just feel tired don't we we like yeah. want to get showers and do life admin on the road yeah. so it's always it's not always that enjoyable but then they uh i think a couple of days after it was um we went down to this place and we camped on another lakefront, which we were going to take buncy to but i'm glad we didn't now because as we drove down to this uh lake front, it was oh, the ground yeah the, muddy. Yeah, the, muddy the ground road. kind of looked all right um and we kind of ploughed through quite easily with the synchro it was it was a bit muddy you could see that but it it went through all right but the the mud was covering my tires on the synchro and we camped up and we sat out and we had a few drinks and uh i think we stayed there for two days or three days we showered there because there was water at the lake and all that sort of stuff um it was quite nice we just chilled out and caught up on things but during that little camp out it we had quite heavy rain
1: yeah it poured down didn't it it
0: did so the uh, that mud trail that we came in on became a, a severe mud bath. And uh, I kept just putting off driving <laughs> through it because I just knew it was going to be one of the worst days of our travel experience so far if we got stuck in that mud bath. So I waited, to, hopefully thinking it might dry out, and it wasn't going to dry out. So we decided we would leave the next morning. And I remember waking up in the morning, getting my wellies out, Um, putting my wellies on, some old clothes on, getting the recovery rope out, the high lift jack out in case we had to manually jack ourselves out of the mud. Um, Some basic recovery tracks, we didn't have decent ones at the time. And um, I remember saying to you, this is either going to be an amazing free day for us we're going to get through this it's going to feel sensational
1: or the longest
0: day ever or the longest worst day ever and it's going to be horrendous so we um we kind of put everything away and made sure nothing would get muddy if we had to start climbing in and out with the mud and i started crawling up towards the bath and then last minute i just thought Go for it. I'm going for it. It was kind of between trees, so it was a bit dangerous, actually, because we could have skidded off and hit a tree, and that would have really been bad. But I thought, I've seen people come down ski slopes and then hit a a bit of water and ski over the water and get to the other side and make it. And the secret always seems to be speed. Yeah. (laughs) Power solves everything in that (laughs) situation. And it goes against the grain for kind of what you should do, but... I went for it, I floored it, must have hit the water bath about 45 miles an hour, Aquaplaned across the top, then started kind of breaking down into the water, really gunning it, and um, we just ploughed. Yeah,
1: we did it. We we? just ploughed, the
0: momentum of how much speed we went in literally got us to the other, we kind of slid across it and out the other end, and I remember coming out the other side with my wellies on and my shorts on, just cheering and jumping around. And I think I celebrated by going to Lidl and getting a crate of beer. I said, all right, it's a free day. Let's revel in my genius. Let's have power. Um, yeah, that was... It's one of those things that when you go camping, and particularly if you've got a vehicle that's four-wheel drive, you kind of go for these places that are more secluded, that rewards you with an amazing yeah. place to stay, but equally comes with a risk of getting stuck. And you've got to find that secret sweet spot, haven't you? Yeah. You want to use a four-wheel drive to get to that camp spot, but you don't want to have to completely rely on it to get yourself out. What I Definitely like, not. I think, I think the tipping point for me is it's changed now. we have got the Amarok, so I think it's better than the Syncro. Yeah. But the tipping point for me with the Syncro was I'd rather when we were camping because it was our home, and we didn't want to, you know, crash it or roll it or blow anything or break anything. We were trying to be quite.
1: Reserved. You know. We wanted to. Sometimes it's better to take the easier route because it is our home. Yeah. You know, that's our home at the time. Yeah. We don't want to put ourselves in a dangerous or awkward situation.
0: Yeah. If we were overlanding, it's not. Don't take any unnecessary no. risk. But you know, but there's this kind of constant risk versus reward. And are you gonna, you know, enjoy a really nice spot that's secluded that no one else is gonna get to, or you're gonna stay in a car park with everybody else with people asking you yeah. why you're living in a little van when you could have a massive motorhome. <laughs> um you know so it's kind of like you what you need to put in the effort to get to those yeah. places but the tipping point for me is kind of if i was two-wheel drive i reckon i could do it but it would be a real challenge and a test to the two-wheel drive van of being able to make it and if if it's at that tip point it it kind of means that the synchro or the four-wheel drive would do it quite easily um, so you've got the confidence to know that you could go in and out quite easily. But if you're in two-wheel drive, you probably wouldn't feel that confident. But you could still probably make it if you really went for it. But there were times when absolutely no chance. If you had two-wheel drive, would you get there? There was a few camp spots like that, which were some of our favourites. I yeah. think. So yeah, that was kind of a that was an interesting camp spot. So I'm just kind of thinking now, like if anyone's going to go to Andalouvia what's What should they go for
1: well, they could explore the mountains and the ski resort if they were into that
0: if they're into that or just enjoy the mountains with the snow, enjoy the high altitude yeah. sunsets enjoy the the change of scenery from going up and down mountains and the the roads and the the little passes and how that changes. Enjoy the lakes because there 's lots of them. Yeah. Um, enjoy the maybe cooler temperatures in the winter if you want to go higher, but then equally if you want to warm up a little bit, go down the coast and um, warm yourself up. Um enjoy that architecture from kind of that the Arabic influence yeah, and that's
1: Granada and the city, the Moorish yeah, city.
0: It's definitely unique to that part of you know, to Europe I yeah. think. That's a really nice influence that we've discovered that we think's brilliant. Um and there's there's lots of just like pretty built. it's used yeah. a lot for kind of movie scenes we spoke about game of thrones there's more game of thrones sets along the way on this journey yeah i think it's,
1: there was a a small like bullring, ring wasn't there where
0: the free dragons had to fight yeah. us or that she had the fight of the dragons that was a. We, I i flew my drone in that bull ring actually yeah. and yeah it looks nothing like it did on game of thrones but why would it CGI. Um, it was an old ball ring that
1: wasn't used. Yeah, I wasn't used to it wasn't
0: used anymore, which is always nice to come across. Um, in terms of, yeah, the foods, you've got that spice influence. You've got the home of tapas, which continues along the coast, which we'll touch on a little bit more. Um, you You have to go prepared with, if you're going to go up the mountains, be prepared for colder nights, so... You know, if you if you haven't like experienced minus two or minus three at night, it sounds like nothing to us now. But it's it's still cold. <laughs> you can't forget that it's, it is still cold. Making sure you have a night heater that can work independently without electric hookup, um, and is safe to use is important. We like the 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 diesel night heaters. Um, I don't like the Chinese ones. <laughs> don't use them. Um, get some, get a proper one. Yeah. Um, if you need it, then you need to depend on it and make sure it works. Um so yeah that I think that's as a camper van cooking adventure place for us I think it ticks a lot of boxes. It,
1: yeah. We saw some nice things there, mm. nice places.
0: Interesting animals. Yeah. Interesting scenery.
1: Quite diverse really.
0: Very diverse. Lots of great food. Yeah. Lots of tapas. Gives you a good excuse yeah. to go on a bar crawl because you can try, you know, different bars with different tapas. Yeah. Um that Moorish influence is amazing. The buildings are are, are nice. Everyone's quite chilled i felt yeah. and quite laid back yeah. and peaceful uh it felt quite safe and um just great a few airs yeah yeah great camp spots yeah. actually it was really nice really really nice we yeah. should go back there
1: yeah i'd like to
0: um yeah i think that's kind mm-hmm. of, i think that's kind of it for that place what I do you reckon so. there's nothing else that we did that was hugely i did mention that we were going to have problems with lpg oh, i'll just yeah. talk on that maybe just briefly because we were up in the sierra nevada mountains and because we were using our heater overnight we were using more gas than what we usually do now the Westie had an underslung lpg tank which is brilliant i'd advise everybody who's camping or going on europe road trips get yourselves an underslung gas tank and speak to us and we'll point you to the best guy who does it and a friend of ours who i trust completely and it's something that you need to trust someone to do properly um because it's it's gas so yeah andy gas yeah. you need to make sure you go and speak to him um
1: briefly yeah we did go to Seville didn't we
0: we did but I might touch on that next week okay because it was um there was a lot of Gypsy Kings being played there <laughs> and it was interest. it was an interesting city I felt for us to visit yeah and it captures the highs and lows of van life I think okay. and the crossover into Portugal so I'll touch on that yeah, next week okay but with with regards to the LPG, because we were using a lot of it and the tank that we had on the Westie was only small, it was like 9 or 10 litres, um, it, it wasn't that big. So with our Propex night heater, it would last about 8 or 9 days, 10 days if we pushed it, um, which meant we had to find LPG fill-up points, which was okay, but the problem we had was we didn't have uh, the right adapters for the Westy tank. Um, And this is because we needed an extender and and stuff like that. It's unique to the Westphalia. Basically, if you speak to a proper installer, they'll give you the proper adapters that you need to be able to fill up in any country because there's different adapters for Spain and Portugal than there is for France, Germany and Belgium. It's all really simple, really straightforward. And all the countries in Europe have LPG. It's easy to get to. But if you don't have the adapter... Then you can't fill up, and that is the problem that we had. Um, and it put quite a lot of pressure and stress on us because we couldn't buy this adapter anywhere, and we ordered one off the internet that was supposed to get delivered to an Amazon box, but it wasn't the one that was pictured, so it didn't work for us. And we just couldn't get one delivered to us, and it was just a nightmare. And we were we were really struggling. It was getting us down a bit, I think, because we were kept we kept have to drive to this one petrol station yeah this was With it the adapter. there was this one petrol station we found that had the adapter that we needed because you can ask for the adapters in the petrol stations if you haven't got them um, i prefer to carry my own but i i was asking in every one because i couldn't find gas in it. and I, I spent maybe three days driving to different petrol stations asking if they sold adapters or if they had an adapter i could use to fill up and nowhere I had anywhere had any until we found this one place yeah and we just kept filling up there. We kept going back there every ten days, and even driving two hundred miles back where we'd already been just to fill up for gas because we didn't have the right adapter, and this place had it. And then I remember one night I was just kind of getting a bit like fed up. Um, a fr- Andy actually was gonna get the ferry in oh, uh, yeah. to Santander, yeah. and it was that was about three weeks away. So I knew if we went a bit somewhere a bit warmer, our gas would last. Um, so we thought, right, we'll just bank on waiting for Andy and Andy's going to come over with with the right adapter for us because he could get hold of it Um, but in the meantime we're just gonna have to struggle and be quite reserved and I remember we were um, in a petrol station and it was about half 11 12 o'clock at night and I was just filling up the fuel and I noticed that they had LPG for sale and I didn't have to fill up the leisure tank because we you know tried not to use it and I just Something in me just said, like, you do LPG here, yeah. I said, have you got the adapter here? He's like, yeah, we've got the adapter. I was like, great. I'm going to fill up, even though it's only going to take 3 or £4, pound, but I might as well fill up because I've spent the last three weeks yeah. looking for places that have this adapter to fill up. And he's like, yeah, no worries. And then I just said to him, don't suppose you'd sell that, would you? He said, no, we, we sell these anyway. <laughs> And my face yeah. just dropped. Yeah. Do you remember? I, I did
1: remember. Didn't he bring
0: out a big box? Ah, uh, he came out of the whole box yeah. and I skipped across the forecourt yeah. to Steph saying, We're saved. <laughs> We've got heating. Yeah. Take off take off your woolly hat. Take off your jumper. It take off your such ski a big jacket. Deal to us. We good? can leave the heating on now. We're back to being warm. <laughs> Forget those blankets. Take the jumper off, Rupert, we're warm again. And I, I he he said, Oh, he said it's not cheap though, and I was <laughs> yeah. like, "I was like, that's all right." And, we would uh,
1: have paid anything what, for
0: that. He said, "He said something like twelve euros." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and I said, "Honestly, mate, if you would have said sixty euros, I, I, yeah. I still would have thought that was cheap." With all the heartache and problems I've had over the past three, four weeks, the amount of fuel I've spent driving around looking for it, you could have, you could have named your price there. It was a, it was a classic yeah. example of supply and demand <laughs> <laughs> and he had the one supply i could find in southern spain and i definitely have the demand for it um yeah so we found that and then that just ev- could move on. pressure just yeah yeah so make sure you have all the adapters that you might need even the ones that you don't think yeah. you need and uh yeah enjoy it right i think that's try. it for this week isn't it i think so we're really tired yeah. aren't we we're really t- that bank holiday weekend was busy and uh you know we're working and we're driving six hours to you know go back to the northwest to drive six hours to come back and then work and we're trying to work in the evenings as well to get this hq ready but it will be worth it and uh we're going to be back in the northwest i think in a couple of weeks to go to the hq site yeah. and start scoping out the plans for where everything's going and what's going to happen outdoor kitchen is going to commence so uh
1: exciting times
0: it is exciting it is you don't get anywhere by sitting on your arse do you that's what we've learned you've really got to put yourself out there to to make things happen yeah and on that note let's go and take the dog for a long walk eh? and make sure he gets his exercise goodbye everyone if you like this pod let's do the little podcast thing do you want to do it this week steph it's like this.
1: oh i've been steph
0: Oh, no, no, that's at the end. Oh. It's the, if you like the podcast, give us five stars.
1: If you like the podcast, please give us five stars. Leave a review. And leave a review. Um,
0: on, um, on Spotify? On Apple Podcasts.
1: On Apple Podcasts? You
0: can't leave reviews on Spotify. Oh, can't you? No. But you oh. can listen on Spotify but <laughs> if you listen on Spotify still go on to Apple iTunes and leave us a review there and a write a review that would be nice or leave just five stars that would be good it, it okay. just yeah. helps us get noticed and if we yeah. get noticed then someone might find it that doesn't know us yet and then they might be like ah can we book a corporate event at this HQ and I'll be like yes please sir that will pay for us to go to <laughs> Morocco in the van where we can make more videos and do stuff um, yeah go on you can do the bit okay. that you were thinking now
1: I've been Steph.
0: And I've been Michael.
1: And Rupert's been Rupert and just been asleep and snored through it all.
0: He had a lot of... You said a lot about him. What, the treats? Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for listening.
1: Yeah, thanks for listening.
0: See you next week. ta
1: Bye!